the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. As I've talked about before in this series, God gave us this incredible thing called a brain that sits in your skull, and that's a great organ of the body, but the brain is only as effective as the programming that goes into it. And so your software is the way that you think. And so your mind or your brain operates by reason of what's programmed into your mind. And that relates to how you think. And so God very clearly says, be careful, be very careful what you think, because it is your thoughts that are actually running your life. This is also found in the book of Romans chapter 12, just reviewing a couple of scriptures for you that are foundational to the series. Do not conform to the patterns of this world or the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your there's that word again, your mind, your thoughts, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, that you and I are transformed, our lives, and we talked about that word last weekend being the word change. We're talking a lot about change in this series, that we're changed or transformed by a renewing, a changing of the way that we think, that we get the new creation that God made us to be, uh, and we think accordingly or we begin to develop what the Scripture refers to as the mind of Christ. Now, when it comes to thinking, there's a key part of your thinking that maybe you've never really uh, considered before, but a part of your thinking relates to your expectations, what you expect out of life. So expectations don't initially start in your heart or in your emotions. Expectations start in your mind, and they usually start on the basis of some kind of assumption that you make about what someone is going to do for you or on a promise that someone gives you. That if I make a promise to you, you're going to expect that something will happen or sometimes you will simply assume that certain things are going to happen and you set up an expectation in your mind that creates emotions. And by the way, all of your emotions in life are coming from thought processes. We tend to try to fix feelings and emotions without really understanding that they're based in our thinking. And so an expectation really has to do with a thought process. And I'm going to use another word that is perhaps more familiar to you in terms of this context. And I'm going to use this word faith because faith is also a thought process. Faith is about an expectation that you have in God. That's really what faith is. So we can sort of boil it down. We often use the word believe, but to believe means you have an expectation that God is going to do something in your life. Right expectations require first what I would call God-given inspiration. You have to have some inspiration if you're going to have expectation. The surest way to be disappointed in your life, by, dis- by, 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 uh, by the way, disappointment is what happens when expectations aren't fulfilled, correct? Okay. So if my expectations don't get fulfilled, what do I feel? Disappointed, right? Okay. 
And so the surest way to live a disappointed life is to build your expectations on your own view of yourself or on the view of the world around you or on negative opinions of yourself or negative opinions of other people. If you're thinking like the world thinks, I promise you, you're going to live a life that is, will be filled with lots of disappointments. There are a lot of people in our world today, their whole life is nothing more than a really big disappointment. And so if you're going to have confidence in your expectations to be fulfilled in your life, you need to make sure that you're inspired by a reliable source. How many know that a liar can give you a promise, but it means nothing? If you believe the promise of a liar, you're going to be disappointed. That expectation is going to disappoint you. And so it's extremely important that we determine where we're going to get inspiration from for our lives because you need inspiration to live. You can't live without inspiration. Actually, the real meaning of the Greek word inspired means to be breathed into. And so there's a certain dimension of being inspired that it brings life. It brings breath to you. And so it's hard to live when you lack inspiration. But the question becomes, where are you getting your inspiration? And I would submit to you tonight, based upon what Scripture says and my experience, as well as the experience of so many people through millennia, that God is is the only reliable source for good and strong and right expectations. Expectations. If you're getting your expectations from anybody other than God, I promise you, you're going to live a life of disappointment to various degrees. And God wants to inspire you. He wants to inspire you with a vision for your life. He wants to, I'll give another word here, he wants to breathe promises into your life that are promises for you. God has promises or God has vision for you. Now I'm going to turn that around in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to say it with me, but I'll tell you what to say, and I hope you'll say it with some level of conviction. God has promises for me. Say it with me. God has promises for me. We need to hear ourselves saying that. God has a vision for me. Say that together. God has a vision for me. Now, how do we know that God has promises for us and God has a vision for us? Because God made us with purpose. Every one of us are unique. We all have different personalities. We all have different uh, gift mixes. We're all different and we all are very unique. And But God uniquely made us. The Bible says in Psalm 139 that we're fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And so you are not an accident. You're not on planet earth accidentally and you're not an accidental purpose, a person. There is a purpose for your life. You are significant to God. Look with me, if you will, at Judges chapter 6, because I want you to see an inspirational moment for Gideon and how it changed his life. Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, Ophrah, not Oprah, by the way, it's Ophrah, okay, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. So what was he doing? An angel comes to him, but where does, where does the angel find him? He's hiding in a cave. 
And what he's doing, he's got a little bit of grain there, and he's threshing out the grain, and he's hiding because why? The Midianites, every time they found any food, what would they do? They would take it away. And so he's living in fear, and he's living in a cave. But nevertheless, the angel of the Lord came to him. Aren't you glad that you can never get away from God? Okay, isn't that good to know? Okay. You can be in the deepest, darkest cave, and God knows your address. If you're here tonight, you're in some cave in your life, and it seems really, really dark, don't you ever think that God doesn't know where you are. He knows exactly where you are. He knew where Gideon was, and he sent the angel of the Lord to that particular place where he was in fear. And let's continue in the story here. The Bible says, here's the angel's words, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now stop for a moment. Doesn't that seem kind of unusual? Here's a guy hiding out of fear in a cave, and what does God call him? See, God sees stuff in you that you don't see in yourself. He knows where you are, and he sees things in you that you'll never see in yourself. God wants to change your expectation, dear one. He wants to change your expectations in life from defeat and failure and fear and restriction into a level of expectation, of victory, of success, of courage, of freedom, of possibilities. This is the kind of God that we serve. I'm not talking about some, some weird kind of doctrine that everybody is going to be hyper you know, uh, uh, prosperous and all that kind of garbage. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about that God wants to bring you to the highest potential that he created you to experience in life, okay? Whatever that is. I don't know what it is for all of us, but we all have a different dimension, but he wants to bring you to your highest and best. Jesus gave us an example of this. I love this example as well. In John chapter 5, he shows up at a place called the Pool of Bethesda, and there's a man that's lying there. I don't have time to go into the whole story. Most of you know the story anyway. He's been there for 38 years. Never been able to get well. Never got into the water. Never been able to get well. But when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in that condition for a long time, what did he ask him? Do you want to get well? There's so many things we could talk about in that one statement, but I believe one thing was happening here in this man's life as Jesus spoke that, uh, asked that question. Jesus was trying to lift the man's vision. Jesus was trying to change his expectations. He was saying, you don't always have to be this way. It's been a long time, but just because something's been a long time doesn't mean it can't change. Oh my goodness, I want to just sit right there for a moment, okay? Did you hear that? Even though something in your life may have been there for a long time, don't you ever believe that God can't still change it, okay? 38 years had been the situation for this man. Jesus gave him a dose of inspiration. And I would submit to you tonight that Jesus wants to give you a dose of inspiration. He wants to come along with a heavenly spoon and say, open your mouth wide. I'd like for you to take this medicine. It's called faith. Number two, God-given inspiration must become personal anticipation. Sequence here. This is, this, is a, this is an order that I want to lay out for you tonight. Inspiration is wonderful, but unless it becomes personal, it's going to fade away quickly. You don't need to raise your hand on this, but we've all, um, I'm sure you've experienced at times in your life, moments of great inspiration, haven't you? Okay. You just like, whatever it was, maybe it was a good sermon you heard, or you read a particular scripture verse, or it was a worship service, or something happened, and you just felt like, wow, 
I can conquer the world. You feel so strong and powerful inside and so encouraged in your life. But what happens if it doesn't really get deep inside of you, it fades over time. It's, like, it's sort of like a fog that comes in. You, you could see it for a time, but the fog of hopelessness comes back in, and the fog of situations begins to uh, obscure that sunlight of that future that you saw. And so anticipation is what makes it personal. You have to translate this into, yeah, I'm inspired, but how do I get it down on the inside of me so that it's very, very personal, that I'm now looking ahead to how it's going to happen in my life. Just like I said a moment ago, that God has a purpose for your life, that God wants to move you and me from just the level of survival to a level of thriving in life and being everything that God wants us to be, whatever that is. But that has to, be, it has to go beyond sitting in this service tonight, right? You can feel that while we're here, but it's got to move with you uh, into tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. So it's very real inside of your life. And the same thing had to happen for Gideon. It was not enough for him to have that inspirational moment. God set him up for some anticipation. Let's take a look now at the story, continuing in Judges chapter 6. Just stop for a moment. Everybody still with me so far? All together? Okay, good. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have. We read that a moment ago. And and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, this is where it's starting to get personal. When you start responding back to God, contradicting what God is trying to tell you, that's when it's starting to get personal, correct? Okay. But God getting replied, how can I... You don't know me, God. Don't, you don't know the, who I am. He's going to describe himself here in just a moment. How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the... You don't, you don't know what family I come from, God? You haven't checked out my family tree? Don't you know who my uncle is? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. What you're seeing here is you're seeing the struggle for Gideon to make this personal. What you're seeing here is you're seeing Gideon begin to explain, begin to lay out all the excuses why this couldn't be real for him. I'm sure it felt good, but he now is trying to struggle to make it real in his own life. Now look what else he says. The Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, if you're truly going to help me, show me a sign. Show me a sign to prove that it's really the the Lord speaking to me. All I want you to see in this part of this this message is I just want you to see that there's this, this transition that has to happen in our lives from inspiration to anticipation, personal, that I, I now know, yeah, it's real in my life. Not just a feel-good moment, but it's something that becomes settled inside of me. God has a vision for your life. See, the world wants to lower your expectations. The world wants to beat you down and crush you in the ground and push you in a cave somewhere and shut everything off and say, just live there and survive. And God says, no, I, have, I want you to thrive in everything that I made you to be, but you're going to have to get some of those excuses out of the way. Amen? Let's go to the third point. Personal anticipation produces practical what? 
motivation. I'm not just trying to be cute with these words tonight. These are very important words. Inspiration has to become personal anticipation. I believe it can happen in my life. And still that's not enough because you can have personal anticipation and still not add the third category, the third element, and that's practical what? Motivation. Motivation is you've got to get moving. Okay? You can't keep doing life the same way that you've done it before. You can't keep thinking the same way you've always thought. You can't keep living the way you've always lived. You have to start making some changes. Who was it that said that insanity is continuing to do the same thing over and over again expecting different results? There are a lot of people who want different results, but they're not changing anything that results that, that's causing those results in their life. And so here's this process. Something inspires me. God inspires me, and he gives me something that says this is something I want to do in your life just like he did for Gideon and now I'm, I get the, the excuses out of the way and I, I, I now say okay God I'm going to ask for a sign help me to know that I can believe your promise and then from that believing of the promise I need to follow a plan. Everybody say plan. There's a lot of people who have great dreams but don't have any plans. Your dreams, I'm sorry to tell you, but your dreams will not get you anywhere. Dreams are inspirational. You all need them. We all need them. But I will tell you that if that's all you have, they never do anything for you until a dream becomes an anticipation inside of you that says, yes, I'm going to go after this in my life. I'm going to let God do this in my life. And now how am I going to do it? There's a plan that goes along with it. That's the vital part of the process. You've got to personalize the motivation. Here's, let's go back to Gideon again. We're about to wrap up the story with Gideon here. Well, actually, this is a good verse too. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Here's Gideon now. So Gideon, what did he do? He was in a cave. God said, you're a mighty man of valor. I don't want you living in the cave. You don't have to just survive. I've got something far more for you. Go and deliver Israel. So he presses through his excuses. And now the next thing we see him doing is what? Building an an altar. Everybody say action. He could have sat in the cave all day long and quoted what God said to him. And it would never have become reality. But he gets out and begins to do something. He built an altar to the Lord, and there he called it the Lord is peace. That's where we get our phrase Jehovah Shalom from. To this day it stands in Ophrah of the Abiezite, writes, The same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. So now God's giving him some more instruction, something to do. Okay, Tear down, that's action. Would you agree? Okay. Get out of the cave, do something, tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build, there's another action, build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of, the, uh, of this height, uh, on the top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. Offer the second bull as a burnt offering. That's action, okay? Now notice what else. So Gideon took, the t- took 10 of his servants and thought about called a committee together and discussed the idea as to whether it was really a good thing to do or not. No? 
No. No. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople. He did it at night rather than the day. The good news is he did it, but he did it afraid. You know, sometimes you just got to do stuff afraid, okay? You're not going to always have the, the greatest courage in the world, but, but he was still afraid. He didn't know what his dad was going to do to him, but he made the decision. I'm going to do this anyway. See, what's happening, here's what I want you to see. So many things in this story, but I want you to see that Gideon's thinking was changing. The Gideon we first meet in the cave is now beginning to be a different Gideon that we're seeing now taking some action. Why? Because he's, he's thinking differently. And what has caused him to think differently? God showed up in his life and inspired him and gave him something to expect for his future. And Gideon said, okay, I've got to get my excuses out and get my excuses out of the way. I've got to make this personal belief that this really can happen in my life, that my life doesn't have to stay this way and the nation's life doesn't have to stay this way. And then he had to get up and start doing something different than he'd ever done before. He had to do some things. He had to actually be motivated to action. The same was true in the story that we mentioned a moment ago in John chapter 5. Same thing happened. Different stories, same process. So Jesus had asked the man the question. We had a different story now. Remember the pool of Bethesda guy there? Remember the question Jesus asked him? Do you want to get well, right? Jesus said to him, come on, help me out here. Stay laying there in your misery. I'm going to levitate you up until you can, and then you'll start miraculously walking without you having to do anything. Is that what he said? We got to get past that mentality that God's going to do everything for us. Okay. God doesn't do everything for you. Okay. God inspires you and he gives you promises and he, he helps you deal with your excuses and all that stuff. Yes, God is, he, he's, he's up to all that. He, he works that way. In our, but sometimes you got to get up, pick up your mat and walk. When that man got up and picked up his mat and walked, he was walking not by reason of what he felt like he had. He was walking by reason of the promise that Jesus gave to him. He is now taking steps of faith with his life. He got up and he picked up his mat and he walked and then notice what happens at once the man was cured. It didn't say he was cured first. It says he was cured after he got up. Okay. Some of you are waiting to be cured before you get up and walk. Okay. God's saying, no, no, no. Get up. Get off that mat that you've been laying on. Get out of that cave that you've been hiding in for your whole life and you've been trying to survive and wondering if you're barely going to make it and raise up your expectations. I am God and I created you for a purpose. I have promises for your life. Get a hold of those promises. Get your butts out of the way. Get your excuses out of the way and just start getting up and doing some things differently in your life and beginning to put some motivation to it. And I I promise you, you're going to be cured. There's a new life for you, okay? Because your thinking changes. Vision, promise, expectation, personal faith, action. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. 
The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.